Hello. Welcome to the second, third, third episode of uh, Reading with Finest. We're into it. We finished the introduction. I think uh, I'll have some introduction music going on here, and I'll have some more, like, detail and editing skills added. Right now, I'm just reading to you guys, getting to know you, you're getting to know me, and then uh, we'll go from there. So today, um, we're starting beginnings, and... The last episode, they were talking about like the commentaries in the back of, for each story. Um, and at first, I was like, I'm going to wait to the end to do that. But I think what I'll do is read the story, then do the commentaries, and that'd be it. You know, that'd be the episode. Uh, they're pretty quick stories from look, what it looks like right now, so it should be pretty quick. Um, so let's get it started. Oh, yeah, we're reading The Hungry Tigers. Beginnings. Once many years ago, in a time beyond all reckoning, the Buddha was a king named Serpapadas. One day, this king, Serpapadas, told his elephant trainer to ready the great white elephant so that he might ride. My lord, he replied, the trainer. I cannot bring him. The great white elephant was broken his, has broken his golden chains and gone back into the jungle. Is only temporary, being the time of rut. He will return. He is well trained. The king, disappointed, lost all self-control and, shouting at the trainer, angrily dismissed him. The next morning, the elephant trainer again came before the king and announced, "My lord, it has, it is as I predicted. The great white elephant has returned. The trainer was good. We have conquered over his wild ways." Those words touched the king's own fault. Though I am king, he suddenly realized, holding, holding great power over others, I have as yet failed to conquer what is closest myself. I was, I was not even able to control my own anger. This will not do. Tell me, trainer, he now asked, are there any who have truly conquered themselves? For harder it must be it now seems to me to conquer oneself than it is to control an elephant in the time of its rut. My lord, answered the, the trainer, there are conquerors, the Buddhas, wait, there are the conquerors, the Buddhas, having trumped over all greeds and desires, over all anger, hatred, and fear, they must surely be no noblest of all beings. Free from all self-centered delusions, they live in peace, seeing things as they really are. At once, a great yearning like a fire arose in the great, in the king, in King Serbarasi, a heart of yearning to conquer himself and also be free. In this way, Shakyamuna, the Buddha of our own age, many, many long ages ago, first awoke to what was to be in an even deepening longing for wisdom and truth. And that was the end of that first story, the beginnings. It's pretty cool. I like it. Uh, what I took away from it, at least what I liked about it, was um, when the when the king was like, yo, look at that. It, the trainer was right. It wasn't that big of a deal. The elephant came back. Yeah. It's great. Like, look at you. You had you had control of the situation. You had you know you. Didn't, I can't even control myself. I was all upset. Man, who am I? 
Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, I guess my question would be, if you have able to have control over the elephant, does that mean that this trainer had also control over himself, or is that something he's still working with? Let's just see. All right, now we're looking at uh, the beginnings. <clears throat> Reference to this little-known Jakita, Shabahasa Jakita, appear in several differing versions in the Sanskrit Buddhist literature of Nepal by R. Marta, published in Kalakuta in 1882. I have now come across in, uh, any version in the Pele Jakata literature or elsewhere. Still, it remains an interesting story. There is a psychological acuity to the brief tale, with its images of elephant training rate giving rise in the king's mind to desire for freedom from his own half-realized life, and it marks the consciousness, conscious beginning of the Buddha-to-be religious career. The training path of the Buddha Hastava, literally wisdom, wisdom beginning, will now extend according to the traditional sources through four inconceivable periods, a total of four times, three times, ten to the fifty-first power times 320 times 10 to the 6th power years. Okay. Or 4 times 9, 160,000 million, billion, billion, billion years. An unimaginable long and so far all ordinary purposes, endless period of time. In the cosmos mythic language of the Indian imagination, we are begin being told that this is an eternal time uh transcending effort and because this is so it is not an exertion which one makes in the future it is the exertion one makes now the 12th century zen master dojin one of the greatest of all the japanese zen masters described this path as an unusual as one of sustained exertion and added that to attempt to avoid exertion is an impossible an impossible invasion for the attempt itself to is exertion. To quote Dojin more fully, the great way of the Buddha involves the highest form of exertion, which goes on unceasingly in cycles from the first dawning of religious truth. It is sustained exertion proceeding without lapse from cycle to cycle. It is through the sustained desertion of the Buddhas and uh, patriarchs that our own exertions are made possible that we are able to reach the high road of truth. In exactly the same way, it is through our own exertions that, it, that the exertions of the Buddha are made possible, that the Buddhas attain the high road of truth. Thus, it is through our exertion that these benefits calculate, uh, circulate in cycles to others. It in, and it is only due to this that the Buddha and the patriarchs come to and come and go. Attaining the Buddha mind and achieving Buddhahood ceaseless and without end, the exertions too sustains the sun, the moon, and the stars. It sustains the earth and the sky, body, and mind. Object and something, the four elements and five compounds 
This sustained exertion is not something which people of the world naturally love or despise, desire, yet it is the last refuge of all. Day buried the Buddhist tradition, 369. Elsewhere in the same section, Dun du Dugan wrote, The exertion which brings the exertion of others into realization is our exertion right at this moment. It is traditionally said that Shakamania hurt himself having completed this entire process and perfected himself to the fullest is still only halfway there from the buddhist point of view spiritual development is limitless and considering the beginning of this vast profound process of presented in the this shikata the 12th the, the 12th century japanese buddhist monk uh, sad sadio has an appropriate verse the mind of for truth begins like a stream shallow at first but then adds more and more depth while gaining greater clarity that's pretty cool I just want to say that again all right the mind for truth begins like a stream shallow at first but then adds more and more depth while gaining greater clarity and that's kind of cool because when I think of depth you know it starts getting darker and darker and it's like hard to see at the bottom of the the the, the pool or whatever you're looking at so this is kind of cool to say that the more depth that you gain, um, the more clarity you have as well. And now I think of like this really, really clear pool that you can see the bottom, you can see the floor, but you still don't know how much depth there is. Like, well, that would be even scary to like jump into a water where like I see the bottom of it, but who knew how freaking deep it was? Um, hmm, interesting. All right. We're not done yet. A little bit further to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yastin, Yastina Rosha, a Japanese Zen master of modern times whose teachings have been have had a tremendous effect on the development of American Zen, he has said man fancies himself to be the most highly evolved organism in the universe. But in the view of the Buddhism, he stands midway between an I am Mboa and a Buddha. Um, there's a Kapla, Kaplu and three pillars of Zen. The Jakita itself is a part of the Boda, Boda Stava, Abedin, Abedin, a collection of Buddhist tales and legends uh, purportedly told by the Buddha for the identification of his disciples while in residence at Sarvista near the water tank of Anavatapate. Avidina is a general term applying to a vast body of traditional nine noble, I'm sorry, traditional noble giving literature, i.e., to stories of the Buddha and other Buddhist figures and their exertion and sacrifice in this and earlier lives. One traditional application uh, uh, for a Buddha is Jin, or conquer. This is because a Buddha is one of, one who has conquered all egoist delusions, all greed, anger, ignorance, and selfless, selfishness of even the subtle sorts. Most fundamentally, a Buddha has conquered the delusion that self and other are separate, that a discrete and separate self and independently exists. The wisdom and compassion which are inherent to our true, our Buddha nature, 
can then flow feud further forth. Buddha is a Sanskrit term of title meaning simply awakened. According to the Buddhist teachings, there have been many Buddhas already on this earth, and endless Buddhas that is fully awakened, fully spiritual, developed, wise and compassionate beings even now exist through the endless sentient worlds of our limitless universe, and there will be countless more yet. The Buddha is the historical person born Sadhartha Gautama, who with a complete experience of enlightenment became the awoken one awakened one the buddha of our historical time the traditional deeply mythic view is that prince sadahartha was born in northern india some 2500 years ago and had attained enlightenment must have actually begun working towards the realization of such an incredible lofty condition in the far distant past. The depth of both his realization and the character and character it it was it is it was believed could not be the result of just one lifetime of effort. Myth, of course, is not simply another kind of literature. Reality, so much as it is a way of saying something truer than mere facts can admit. While still abiding by the convictions of ordinary language, it is not real, but it is true. As Melville says in Moby Dick, it is, down, it is not down in any map. True places never are. Mythic perceptions put us intimately in touch with a powerful and suggestive kind of truth. In The Power of Myth, Joseph Campbell states that the basic theme of all mythology is that there is an invisible plane supporting the visible one. Myth suggests this truth gives us an experience or a flash of insight into, into it by mobilizing our deep, intuitive, and imaginative powers. Mythic thinking unites us with a deeper level of experience and being. The truth of myth does not efface personal, psychological, or literal levels of reality, but embrace all of them. It is perhaps in the nature of things that Stories and myths can easily degenerate into dogma, and the mythic, and the mythic then becomes bound to the literal. When this happens, a tale, liberating power is essential. Is <clears throat> a tale's liberating power is essential appeal to imagination and spirit is lost and its creative force entombed. Mythic thinking, when all, when allowed to function freely tends to open the mind to what is highest and resorts us to a deep creative wellsprings of wish and dream. This brief, artless little tale manages to open suggestive vistas onto the depth of human character and personality. Yeah. Alright. Well, that was uh, that was uh, beginnings. We get to the very first one. Uh, but what I'll say about what I just read in the comments is, you know what? That made me think of... Uh, is that as I'm reading this and I mess up with words and I can't pronounce them, that the people listening, uh, not to say that you're jumping on this plane to become sound or some type of Buddha or hit Nirvana, but you know, you think about, you think about it before you you judge me. You know, you 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 you, uh, you be nice and love me because I am you. Teach us how to read and pronounce words. Okay? Alright. Well, thank you for uh, listening, and next tomorrow we'll 
or maybe today. We'll see how I feel. Uh, we'll do the birth of Buddha, and then we'll do the commentaries on that. All right.